0: Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the Rootin' Tootin' Matt. Hello there. Uh, I couldn't resist. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're doing doing A Town Called Mercy. Uh, Yeah. Not the first time Doctor Who's done a Western, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. uh, Way back in the first Doctor era, there was a uh, serial called The Gunfighters. Okay which was um, sort of set around the uh, gunfight at the OK Corral. It's one of their sort of like pure historical... Uh... W- was it better than this one? I will fess up. It's one of the few first Doctor stories I've not actually seen. OK. So I can't say for, for definitively. What I can tell you is that um, for the longest period of time, it had the worst audience appreciation index of any Doctor Who story. Oh, really? I think I think lower than The Twin Dilemma. Yeah. Uh, lower than anything in the modern series i think it maybe still holds that record so it didn't go down well with audiences at the time um i think it's had a bit of a reappreciation reappreciation in more recent years but uh yeah i i I can't i can't say definitively because i've never actually watched it Mm.
1: it's
0: probably still better than this You didn't enjoy this
1: one, then? Uh, It's an absolute nothing of an episode, isn't it? What? Really? Yeah, like, story doesn't advance anywhere. It's all a bit silly. It's probably got the worst costume of
0: any Doctor Who we've seen so far. (sighs) Just like... Okay, um... I really like this episode. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. I didn't warm to it. Hmm... That's a pity to hear. Do you not find, I mean, if nothing else, the sort of central moral debate of it, that's quite meaty. Well, it, it did like... make
1: me laugh because I'm certain in the past when we've seen them fight ghosts and werewolves and vampires, <laughs> I joked, oh, are they ever
0: going to fight a Frankenstein? Turns out, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes, in a in a sense, they they very much are. Um, Frankenstein meets the Terminator. Yeah. I would say is a a good shorthand for uh, the Gunslinger.
1: But no, Um. just like, there's so much that I just found really off with this episode. You know, Mm. like, there's a little bit where a bloke calls the Doctor out and threatens to murder him. And then later on, they're like, playful friends.
0: Yeah. But I think I feel like that happens in a very natural way, um, so I don't, you know, and it's not like that, The you know, part of the doctor's whole thing is like, you know, forgive and move on and, and find a peaceful path. <clears throat> which is obviously something that's very much put to the test in this particular story, and I think is one of the things that's most interesting about it. It it seems to me, and I don't want to say you are just straight up wrong, everyone is entitled to their opinions, it seems to me you're focusing more on the, the surface level features of the story and, and less about well, what this story, how this story explores the character of the Doctor, which well, is what I think is the most interesting how, aspect. How
1: come... When we watched The Twin Dilemma, everyone went berserk that the Doctor strangled his accomplice. In this one, mm-hmm. he literally drags a man out of town to kill him.
0: Yeah. and But the the difference being that I feel like, in this case, it feels... For one, it feels like a part of a progression. It's, you know, think about to just last week when he basically, by not intervening, allowed Solomon to be blown up it it this is part of we we are seeing the eleventh doctor here on a bit of a darker path mm. this is a trajectory it's not kind of out of the blue in the way it is with the twin dilemma and yes they chalk it up to regener you know post-regeneration wobbliness but it i don't know Th- this to me feels more more real and more natural and more shocking as a result I'm not going to say it's not shocking because it is, but it's intentionally so. I, I
1: would say my main praise of this episode is that the pace is so fast. Thankfully, it was over before I knew it.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know what to say. To that I, I feel like we, as we go along, I, I, I hope I can convince you that there is more good to this story than obviously you, you seem to have. Uh, appreciated on first watch um so that being the case i think we're just going to have to uh run through it and see if i could uh, persuade you okay. <laughs> uh change your mind at all so yeah.
1: we are on the 15th of september 2012 we are indeed and this was written by toby Whithouse.
0: yes uh Previous credits, can you can you bring to mind any previous White House episodes? Uh, I know we've seen him. He's not a new yeah.
1: name to me, but I can't off the not top of my head. Not so, at
0: all. So previously, he, we've seen School Reunion, Vampires of Venice and God Complex. Okay. So how does this stack up against those for you?
1: Uh, well, you know I hate School Reunion, so I'd probably yeah. put this with that. Vampires of Venice was alright. Um, I can't even remember the God Complex.
0: That's the one with the Minotaur in the hotel.
1: Oh yeah, that one was alright. He basically all he's all he does is get old monsters and modernise them.
0: Well, I mean, not really, because uh, I mean, the the Minotaur in uh the God Complex is sort of loosely inspired by the Nymon, not the same creature. Um Critetain in Score Union are brand new for the new series. Yeah, but they're um, like
1: bat people, they're just vampires.
0: Yeah. I I guess oh I see what you mean so it's not necessarily a case of uh mon- like doc- like classic doctor who monsters just more monsters in general. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. Sorry, I thought you meant like reviving old like ones from from classic who but apart from arguably the Minotaurian god complex he's never really done that but um cuz I'm pretty sure the Kyla are brand new for this uh, story
1: mm-hmm.
0: as a, as a race, I think it's quite an interesting race. Um, I think there's maybe more to explore with the Carla how, as a people. How do they differ from humans? Got those little face, yeah, things, little tattoo sort of jobos.
1: You know, because it doesn't even say oh, I'm a Carla, but I've taken on human form. They're, they're no. just they're just people.
0: It, I, I, it's Star Trek rules, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they're not Which, even, like, uh,
1: green. At least in the past, yeah. when we've seen where we've needed an alien race, we just paint people green.
0: Or blue. Yeah. Quite a lot of blue people in uh, uh, Doctor Who, in, especially in the modern series. Um, but, yeah, I, I, in some ways I find it sort of refreshing that they've gone down the Star Trek route of just not overly impeding the actor by chucking them in a big rubber suit. But just kind of letting him be, and also I think it makes sense for the story. I, I feel like the people of of the town of Mercy would have had a harder time accepting the uh, Carla Jackson as part of the township if he looked like a big rubbery monster. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, let's let's just dive straight into the episode, shall we?
1: Okay, so we open with. A lady's voice talking about a man who fell from the stars, and straight away I was roped in into thinking that was the doctor. Yep. But then within seconds we see a robot cowboy mm-hmm. who's hunting men in the desert.
0: Yeah. And now you say you didn't like the design of the gunslinger then? No, I didn't like his like eye
1: thing, right? Because it looked like it was like hanging loose, like it was never really part of him.
0: Right, yeah. Um I don't think I've ever looked that closely at it. I think the overall image works for me. I like I like the mix of like having like a big like absurdly huge laser gun arm cannon thing mm-hmm. coupled with, you know, the Stetson and the poncho and the doesn't he have like uh, what do you call it? The um uh like leather straps with bullets. What yeah. are they called again? Um I know I've what forgotten. you mean, but I can't uh, is yeah. it a bandolier? Bandolier, that's it, yeah. Yeah, so it all d- as a sort of um Why, why genre has he got mishmash, a Bandalier when
1: he shoots a <laughs> laser gun. <Yeah.
0: laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I, that's the thing. I like you could argue that it's silly, but um it works, just visually it works for me. Um so yeah, I I don't I I don't agree with you on on the design. I think it's pretty strong. And because part of the issue is with with Doctor Who when they do these sort of you know genre of the week type stories, they have to cut so many corners. Mm. They've only got 45 minutes. It's not like they've got an hour and a half in which to You know, expansively explore every aspect of every genre at play. So, a bit of visual shorthand goes a long way. And, like, within seconds, you look at the gun scene and you're like, ah, right, okay, it's a Terminator crossed with a cowboy. Mm -hmm. I'm on board, you know.
1: So, whilst he's in the desert hunting, he says, there's one more left, the Doctor. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: again, I fell for that, thinking he was hunting the Doctor.
0: yeah it's quite quite impressive that they managed to do like two <laughs> fake outs where you f- feel like you know how the doctor fits into the story like in the space of literally 2 minutes yeah. like before the credit sequence has even rolled so we then get the credits
1: and after yeah. that we've got the doctor standing before a western town
0: yeah um, and this is um filmed in in Spain on a on a set like a standing set where which has been used for a long time for making western mm-hmm. movies. Um so you know credit to the BBC they've not kind of they've not tried to bodge it in Cardiff for once. Yeah.
1: They're like a nice we're change, doing isn't it?
0: Yeah, we're doing we're doing a western, let's do it how the professionals do it <laughs> and actually go to a proper set in Spain. So uh yeah, and I do think the look of this say what you like about the story, the, the tone and the feel of it feels right. It feels like they're... Unlike, say, um, last series with uh, Curse of the Black Spot, where they they seem to have always no interest in actually, you know, playing into the tropes of pirate mm. stories, this actually feels like Doctor Who riffing on a Western.
1: Yeah, I would I would probably agree with that. Yeah, so he's with Amy and Rory. Is it... Rory looking as handsome as ever? Yeah, and they're at the town of Mercy, where they are being watched by the robot cowboy. Yeah, so straight away, we we well we think we know where this story is going at this point. Yeah, we think
0: we think he the Gunslinger is going to be hunting down the Doctor.
1: So. When they get into town, there's electric streetlights, Mm
0: -hmm. which
1: the Doctor works out is roughly about 10 years too early. So considering it's like a frontier western town, it seems to have technology beyond its time.
0: Yeah, but only just, and you know what, I really like that detail, because so often Doctor Who will go down the route of, like, introducing some kind of anachronism to, to build up the mystery, uh, but it'll be, like, you know, something that's a hundred years out of where it should be. I quite like the idea that, like, this is, just, this is just slightly too far advanced for where it should be, mm. you know, that it almost leaves, like, more margin forever, like, maybe the Doctor's making assumptions, and it's, you know, you know what I mean.
1: So they
0: go to the saloon, and Mm -hmm. do
1: they ever explain why they're there, why they're in Mercy?
0: Um, They say that they were aiming for Mexico, but um, they didn't quite, Get there, and the doctor blames it on Rory getting toast crumbs on the console. Oh,
1: that's right, I do. Remember.
0: Which is like, yeah, which is like, you can interpret either as, you know, you can side with the doctor on that one, or you can maybe say, uh, interpret that as maybe the doctor looking for an excuse, because <laughs> he doesn't want to admit that he's worse at piloting the TARDIS than he, than he often is. So,
1: when they enter the saloon, the doctor introduces himself as the doctor. And yeah. he's immediately can, can I
0: say sorry to, to interrupt, but like um I like as well when they enter the saloon, we get the first of several like proper old school Western tropes where you know the doors swing open, the piano stops playing, everyone turns and looks at the strangers in town. Mm-hmm. And like I love that they're just going there and they're doing that, because yes, it's cliche and and cheesy, but Like I say, they've got 45 minutes in which to play in this world of of Westerns. So, yeah, why not go for the obvious tropes? Such
1: as being measured for your casket.
0: Yeah, love it. Love it. And and they (laughs) they do that again later in the episode as well. So as soon as he
1: announces he is the Doctor, he's measured for his coffin. And then there's a little bit here that I don't quite understand. Okay, so I'll try and explain the people it. of the town, unprompted, ask the doctor if he's an alien. Yeah. Now, at this point, they're unaware that Carla Yex is an alien. They're just thinking... No, I
0: think, I think they know he is an alien, but also, alien can just mean from out of town.
1: Well, yeah, but
0: in like old old, old timey language, so just that's ambiguous he's... to me
1: just seems a little bit confusing, because as soon as he says yes, uh, they well, they tell him that he is coming, and they all start praying. Yeah. Which, you know, don't really understand. But there's a barrier around the town that the robot, yes. the gunslinger, cannot cross to enter. Yeah. And is it solely that if he enters the town, he's worried he's going to kill innocents.
0: Yeah, yeah, he doesn't... He's he's just after Carla uh, Jex. He knows that they are harbouring him, hmm. and uh, he's just like, look, the simple solution is, you hand him over to me, and I don't set foot in your town, and cause more damage than needs to be caused. See. So, yeah. It's like a code of honour kind of thing. So... Rather than like any kind of force field that he can't physically cross. Mm.
1: So one of the townsfolk called Isaac yeah. tells them about the gunslinger and says that he wants an alien doctor. yeah so again, we all panic thinking it's this doctor mm-hmm. um, But then they tell the doctor that he's not the alien doctor in question. there's actually another alien doctor. this is the aforementioned carex. Yeah. Who is played by Adrian Scarborough.
0: Yes. Now, I was going to have a look. I didn't have time to look before we jumped on the episode, because I'm trying to think what specifically have I seen him in? and
1: I think most people would know him from Gavin and Stacey. Uh, yeah, that's probably it. I... He, he plays Pete, one of my favourite characters, who's just in a loveless marriage and it's mm-hmm. constantly miserable. And He's
0: very good in this. It, there's is a what brilliant I say.
1: scene. If if you've never watched Gavin and Stacey, just look up the oven glove scene.
0: That that is
1: it, it's genius.
0: I've I feel like I, Gavin and Stacey. Stacey is one of those ones I've never actually sort of watched beginning to end. I've caught bits of episodes here and there, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's. I probably should watch it at some point. Just never quite got around to it. You know how mm. you know everyone has shows like that. I have, you know, tons of them at this point because I got so, you know so little time for watching TV at the moment. But um, yeah, I, I I mean, regardless of his other credits, I think he is very very good in this episode. He, he He's is another highlight. But
1: I think as soon as we're introduced to him. I'd worked out the entire plot of the whole episode. Right. Right. Uh, w- and once it became apparent that's what was happening, I don't know, that's maybe where I zoned
0: out a little bit. It becomes a bit maybe. paid by numbers. But for for me, the the joy of most Doctor Who, and especially episodes like this, it's, it's about the journey, not the destination. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, this is a show that needs to be simple enough for a seven-year-old to understand. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna have, you know, the level of comple- complexity of something like Game of Thrones or or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, it, for me, it's more about you know the details along the way, the character moments, the the uh, the, the design, the the production choices. All of that factors into my enjoyment. Of, of a given episode. And that's, I think, why I can appreciate something like this, where, yes, it is a simple story. And yes, if you are trying to guess the end, you will get there very quickly because they give you pretty much everything you need to know quite early on. But what what interests me and carries me through most is, you know, those scenes of interplay between the the, the Doctor and Carla Jex, or, you know, um, the... You know, the ways in which Isaac, the Marshal, how he will stand by and defend this man, you know, and talks about things like, you know, America being a land of second chances and stuff like that. That's what makes it interesting, I think, you know, because at the root of this story is that question of how much forgiveness is a person deserving of? Mm hmm. You know, if they do bad things and recognise those things as bad and resolve to do good things thereafter, is that enough? Or is there still, you know, some other form of justice that needs to take place? So I think the the episode does a a good job of, of examining that and not providing easy answers for it, but just poking and prodding at that question from various angles.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe I'm doing it a disservice.
0: Well, like I say, you are entitled to opinion. I know not everybody loves this episode. And I think those like you... I think it depends what kind of viewer you are. And I think the more we do this podcast, the more I'm starting to realise I think that's the difference in how we watch TV. I think you are someone who is always thinking about the big picture and wanting to be surprised by turns of event. Yeah. But that's just not happening here. Not in this episode. And, you know, because at the end of the day, this is a smaller episode. This is, you know, middle of the season. We're not, we're nowhere near a finale at this point. So it's kind of just giving us an interesting story. That's really all it's trying to be and move, you know, Moving the story you know the emotional arcs of the doctor and his companions mm-hmm. through that's that's often that's all of the through line we really get between stories, isn't it you know um, but anyway, I, I'm getting sidetracked so uh, where, where are we up to uh,
1: so this is where we first meet Carla Jex now, yeah, Isaac it's revealed is like the town marshal, yeah. and he's locked jex well, Jex has agreed to this. He's in, like, the town jail for his own protection. Yeah. Because there are some of the townsfolk who want to hand him over just to get rid of the gunslinger. Yeah. And it's at this point that we find out that he is an alien, his ship crashed, and he was rescued by Isaac. Yeah. So they're trying to formulate a plan how to resolve this. The Doctor Mm -hmm. says, I need to go get the TARDIS. And I quite like this bit. He, you think you're going to see the doctor, because he rides off on a horse, doesn't he? Yes. And you think you're going to see him, you know, bravely go get the TARDIS. But he's just used Rory as a decoy. <laughs> yeah. He just sort of sends him out into the middle of nowhere to be hunted. Yeah. I think he has Jack's with him. He has him. Oh, no, uh, Isaac. He has Isaac with him, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just to run about a bit and. Get the Call the Distraction. Yeah, get the gunslinger's yeah. attention.
0: Yeah. So Poor Rory.
1: <laughs> Jex says that he doesn't want to leave. He wants to stay yeah. and end all the suffering. Because he has worked through the town and, you know, as a doctor helped people and
0: Yeah, he he's he's cured uh, an outbreak of cholera. Mm. Um and he's also provided them with electricity using his uh, ship as a generator.
1: Yeah. And, um, and this is the exact point I knew exactly what was going to happen for the rest of the episode. Because they ask him whether he's a father and he just goes, hmm, in a way. So yeah, it's yeah. at that moment I knew what was coming. Sure. So the Doctor, I don't know, was he heading for the TARDIS? At all, or was he just no? For I, Jex's he's going
0: ship? just going for Jex's ship. Yeah. Um, so was it I just that that was the ruse plan.
1: that he was going for the Tardis?
0: Actually, I don't recall him saying that he was going for the Tardis. Maybe he did. Yeah. But, uh, I think he I thought says he was going for like Jex's once he's ship. got it,
1: that's his plan. Sussed. Really, he knows what right. to do once he's got it.
0: Ah, uh, so maybe that's it. I, I, I think maybe I misunderstood. So yeah, because of course he could just get Jex on, on uh, the TARDIS, and drop him off on some other planet, problem solved. Yeah, um, But, yeah, I think maybe he just gets distracted mm-hmm. by noticing Jex's ship and is like, oh, let's just have a little poke around because this is the Doctor. He can't resist a little poke around.
1: Yeah, so he does everything in his power to open the ship, which yeah. is just like a big egg, isn't it?
0: Yes, yeah. And I quite, you know, it's a good little montage where he's sort of like jumping on top of it. Throwing his Uh, hat at him. him. Yeah. Um,
1: So eventually he does open it with the sonic screwdriver, but it sets off an alarm. Yeah. So that gets the gunslinger's attention and everyone in town
0: knows what's going on now. Yeah. And is this where we cut back to Jack's?
1: So it's where the Doctor accesses some files on Jex, Yeah. And we find out he worked on an experimental cyborg program. Uh-huh. So there seems to be some sort of war in the Carla society mm-hmm. and they were weaponizing people. Yeah. Yeah. So we do cut back to Jex at this point. Yeah. Who, I mean, th- this is my notes. This is how fast this episode goes. Mm-hmm. I've got Jax pulls a gun on Amy. Gunslinger pulls a gun on Doctor Isaac. Pulls a gun on Jax, <laughs> and, and that's like three different scenes, and it takes about a good, maybe solid five minute block.
0: Yeah, but everyone's just
1: pulling guns on each other.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just sort of cutting, cutting between, and um, so yeah. Obviously, the reason Jax is pulling a gun on Amy is because he, he says sort of. Slightly sadly, but also there's there's a coldness to it he just sort of says he really should have stuck to the plan so like he's heard the alarm and that's alerted him that he's poking his nose where it's not wanted mm-hmm. um and so obviously he's basically taking Amy as hostage yeah um so that he can you know I don't know that Jax has a particular plan or way out of it at that point he's just trying to gain an advantage I yeah think. i mean I, although he's the
1: quote-unquote villain of this story i i don't necessarily
0: think he's like villainous no no he is he is sympathetic and in the same way as you you know you also at first you think the gunslinger is just um a monster and and, and a villain an antagonist obviously we we quite quickly work out he is hugely sympathetic as well mm. um in the best possible way and yes it does very much relate back to that classic story of frankenstein where frankenstein has a twisted morality to you know how is what he how is his experiment's different to anyone else who's wanting to find A a, a cheat for death. That's that's what, in a way, that's what all medicine and and medical science um, is—ways of cheating death. Um, And you know, in the case of Carla Jex, it's he's wanting to end the war. Yeah, you know, a war that had been dragging on for too long, lost countless lives. He was like, "We need an, an advantage. We will do this program." It in the same way that. I don't want to get too, too deep or, or, or ruffle too many feathers or anything, but, you know, think back to the Nazi regime. I think there is more than a hint of the Nazi scientist about Carla Jacks. Mm. You know, and you think of some of the atrocities that were committed in the name of progress under the third Reich. Um, but what possessed those people to feel comfortable doing that? It's it's because they they believed in some overall cause, and I'm sure in the cases of many of them, it was like, "This will help us win the war," mm. you know. Um, which isn't to make excuses for those no, people no. or say that what they did was, was morally right. Um, just, but it wh- complicates things because at the end of the day, they are still human beings. Well, you whilst know? we're
1: on the conversation of just science in general. Did you yeah. watch
0: the SpaceX launch last night? I did I, I, I watched it a little after the fact because I was busy putting uh, putting my boy to bed um, prior to that but uh, whilst it was taking place but uh, I got really I, emotional. yeah uh, I have such mixed feelings when I, 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 I've watched quite a few SpaceX launches and uh, and they are fascinating um, and exciting but they also make me weirdly uncomfortable because this is a move this is the first big move into corporations and the private sector moving into space exploration mm. um which is probably an inevitability you know it's mm. it's it's a feature of so many science fiction stories over the years you know gi- giant like space corporations um, but yeah, it feels, it feels like it is a, a shift. Do
1: you yeah. know what I mean? It's one of those times where I, I, I felt very aware that history was happening around me. Yes. Yeah. You know, that, that is a big moment.
0: For sure. It, it it is, and it and and it's, you know, the, the the suggestion is that we will start seeing this happening again more and more frequently. Um, the the other thing that I think from a purely purely engineering perspective, what SpaceX are doing in terms of uh, reusing rockets,
1: mm.
0: having rockets that, that don't just get dumped into the sea and then they're gone forever, but actually um, are you know? Did just you see
1: the bit cruising where the one down, landed back yeah. on Earth? Yeah, and exactly. It, it yeah, was like yeah. it reminded me of like the Star Wars shuttles, where they touch yeah. down really gently.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm th- that's exactly what it's what it's like. It's it, and that's extraordinary because then, of course, if it do, does that, then it it's so much more cost efficient to then, you know, get that thing back up and ready to be used again, rather mm. than having to build a whole new rocket from scratch every time you want to get something into orbit um so so that that's an extraordinary leap forward in terms of the the technical ability of of space exploration um i still question whether that we we will see a mars mission in our lifetime hmm. like a, a manned mission to to mars i'm i'm hopeful that we will cuz i mean and again we get into this it's difficult when you start talking about space exploration because people make the perfectly valid argument of oh but that money could be spent on you know name countless other things there is so much inequality in the world Why on earth are we spending so you know billions and billions of dollars on launching people into space Hmm. um and i don't necessarily want to get pulled (laughs) into the the (laughs) whys and wherefores of that um but my, 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 my simple response is basically, why not both? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this doesn't have to be an either-or. It's, it's the systems we have in place currently that force it into an either-or. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was fascinating. It's, it's always fascinating to watch that kind of stuff.
1: Right. Shall sure. we jump back into Doctor Who? I suppose so. <laughs> so, as we've said, Jex has pulled a gun on Amy... The gunslinger's caught up with the Doctor and pulled a gun on him. But then, back at the prison, Isaac enters and pulls a gun on Jax. So... Yeah. We assume, although the gunslinger's pulled a gun on the Doctor, he reappears back at the prison. So we assume he's had some sort of conversation with the gunslinger. But the Doctor's
0: now really angry. Yeah. And, can we say... Stetson Stetson's off to uh, Matt Smith once again. Mm. I've I think he does he does angry doctor better than Tennant. Do you think? But I think so. People make a big deal about. A, a, I, I know, think he does David better in terms members. of like
1: kicking and screaming furious. But Tennant had like a simmering anger, didn't he?
0: Yeah, I I think that's the diff- the difference. Like. Um I feel like anger with, with, with uh Smith it happens less often, but when it does happen, it is swift and ferocious. Mm-hmm. Um and I and I think it feels more jarring. Like Tenant, there is this underlying mopiness to a lot of his
1: <laughs> yeah, stuff fair.
0: that me that means when that tips over into anger, it's a smoother transition. Yeah. Whereas with Matt Smith, he's so often this bouncy, joyful character. Like, you know, not not 10 minutes ago, we were watching him, you know, gleefully hopping onto a horse and, you know, talking about how it's called Susan. And, you yeah. know, <laughs> this very s- silly, lighthearted side to him that is so often what we see. But then when he comes in and and just sort of barks at, Carla Jacks sit down, hmm. uh, and it's just, and he's just fuming. Um, yeah. So
1: this is the point where we get the little exposition dump that we've talked about earlier. So Jacks yeah, built yeah. a gunslinger. It was a weapon for the war of the Kalas, Uh but the gunslinger went rogue and started hunting the team that built him. So the man he killed in the desert at the beginning. It wasn't necessarily an in-cold-blood killing. It was one of the scientists that had worked on him. Yes, yeah. Okay. So the Doctor then chases Jax out of town. Yeah. He's basically going to give him up to the gunslinger.
0: Yeah, he's just lost his... He's lost any sympathy he had for him in that moment.
1: So the Doctor even pulls a gun on Jax and tells him to march out of town.
0: Again, yeah, and that is that is huge. Mm. You know, let us not downplay that. Think, think back to, um, the, the doctor's daughter, where Tennant has that whole speech of, uh, you know, you know, at the end with the gun where, where he sort of lays it down and says, make the foundation of this society, a, you know, someone who would never pull the trigger. Yeah. Words to that effect. Um, think back to um the the ninth doctor at the end of series 1 uh deciding you know but being challenged by the um by the daleks you know can you detonate this bomb kill innocent lives in order to stop us are you are you a, a coward or uh, or a brave man and and the the, the ninth doctor says coward any day mm. You know, he makes it's, that choice. It's been his remit,
1: pretty much, that he just doesn't yeah. do guns.
0: Yeah. And yet, here we are with him pointing out. And and, and, and you know, and Carla Jacks sort of looks him in the eyes. And we, we've had a hint that there is an intuitiveness to Carla Jacks. I think he's already had that discussion with Amy where he says, you're a mother, aren't you? And, hmm. uh, and, you know, he's sort of like reading that in her eyes and he sort of looks at the Doctor and says, you wouldn't. And the Doctor says, you know, I really don't know anymore.
1: Mm. So whilst he's got the yeah. gun pointed at Jacks, Amy then pulls a gun on the Doctor. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah,
0: to try and snap him out of it. Uh, she says
1: he's been travelling alone for too long and yeah. he needs to be better. Yeah. and then is it at this point where we get the weird bit where everyone's guns just keep going
0: off well yeah because Amy's doing it but obviously Amy has absolutely no experience with guns <laughs> whatsoever she fires the warning shot in the sky that's fine but then she accidentally fires another shot into the ground yeah. and, I, and I, I think my favourite line in the whole, or well, certainly c- comedic line in the whole episode is when Isaac says everyone who's not American put your guns down <laughs> 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 so
1: the gunslinger appears, and yeah, he's coming for Jax. But Jax remembers him, says that his name is Carla Tech.
0: And yeah,
1: this seems to infuriate the gunslinger, so he takes a shot, but Isaac takes the bullet for Jax. Yeah. So whilst he's on the floor, he Isaac gives the doctor the town marshal badge. Yeah. And the gunslinger says you have until noon tomorrow to surrender Jex. After that, I can't guarantee the safety of the innocent people. hmm So, that night, the whole town comes for Jex, and this is what I was talking about earlier. There's like a weird young boy in a bowler hat who yeah. threatens the Doctor, but he, the Doctor's just got the better of him all the way through their conversation, yeah. hasn't he?
0: Well he's he's talking he his position is not altogether unreasonable he he says we want to protect our families Mm. you know we're harboring this man who's who you know we've been given this ultimatum we don't have another way out you know for for the sake of this town we need to hand him over um which is reasonable but you know the doctor try- first of all. I think he tries with the tactic of like, you know, what would Isaac do? Isaac said, "This is the town of second chances." You know, we need to afford Carl rejects that mm. responsibility, and and then he sort of twigs and 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 sort of asks to him, you know, how old are you? And he says, you know, nearly nineteen, and the doctor says, well, so, so eighteen then, and and basically that's the point that's the chink in his armour isn't it yeah that he sort of like realizes he's never done this before he's you know mm-hmm. there is there is a naivety to his actions if you like
1: yeah yeah so the doctor talks him all round
0: yes then yeah. he
1: goes inside and I've just put he has a right go at GX <laughs> just yeah. gives him a real telling off yeah so we then cut to the next day whilst the doctor's waiting for the
0: gunslinger and I've just put he uses the sonic screw Can, can, can we? Sorry, can, can I? Can we? Can we just talk? Because I'm pretty sure that's the scene when you know the doctors. You know, initially berating him, we ha- we have quite an intense moral discussion, and I think that's the scene where carla Jex talks about culturally the way the Karlas think of death is that in death to reach for the afterlife you have to climb up a mountain. Carrying the souls of everyone you've ever wronged. Mm. And he just says, you know, think how heavy my bird would be. Do you see why I fear death now? Yeah. You know. And that's the moment where I feel like you as a viewer you are really stuck because you've on the one hand, you've got the the lives of everyone Carla Jacks has tortured. On the other hand, this is Still, a, a a a a person who fears death as much as anyone else might, more so if anything, mm. you know. And does anyone have the right to sentence him to his death? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, like I say, the Doctor, we—he's always got a plan, hasn't he? Even when he hasn't yeah, except got a for plan, when he doesn't. he's formulating a plan.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forget exactly which episode and which Doctor it is, but I'm pretty sure one of them says, you know, there have been variations along the lines of, you know, I, I keep talking until a plan, <laughs> yeah. you know, appears. It's, that That's his MO. So yeah. his
1: plan is to use the sonic screwdriver to upset the gunslinger. Yeah. And this confuses the gunslinger long enough for everyone in the town to start running around. Yeah, because they've all now got Jex's face tattoo painted well, on. Well,
0: yeah, I well basically you've got a few brave men volunteering, including poor Rory again. Yeah, um, and then you know women and children uh, are like they're they're huddling in the church, and I think are they all in the church? Um, Most um, of all, them, anyway.
1: Yeah, all the innocents are hiding <laughs> yeah. in the church.
0: So, yeah,
1: because it, the. He seems to be using automatic targeting based on the face tattoo, doesn't he? Yes. So that's what confuses him from shooting. So eventually he does go into the church where there's like the women and children. Yeah. And says, you know, I'm going to murder them all. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And you get that moment where... Because you get that moment of tension where there's like a little girl that I think has been lingered on a couple of times throughout the, the, the episode mm. and she like knocks over a stack of bibles and that's the sound that alerts him and brings him into the church mm. um but uh yeah yeah that's
1: right because we'll talk about that little girl later on
0: we will indeed we will yeah so
1: jex then communicates with the gunslinger from jex's ship he's made a run into the desert got in his ship and he says there's only really one way that he can end all this conflict mm-hmm. so he blows his ship up with him inside it
0: yeah so the... so how do you how do you feel about that as an ending for for carla jacks
1: um i i think it's probably the right ending because like i say i don't think he's like a villain in the traditional sense mm. you know he was but, doing what he felt was right, and all he wanted to do at this point was just end
0: the fighting. Yeah. Earlier in that episode, the Doctor says to Jex, "Nobody has the right to choose their own punishment," hmm. because essentially that's what he accused Jex of doing by by sort of being like he's exiled himself. He's he's helping this town folk. He's trying to make amends, and that's good. But it's not his right. Yeah. To decide if that's enough of a sentence for him, um, and obviously, you know, in, ca- in the case of the gunslinger, that's not the justice the gunslinger wants.
1: Mm.
0: Now, of course, in the end, Jex is again choosing his own punishment. He's, I mean, it's a more final punishment. But then you have to temper by the fact with with what he was saying earlier about what he expects to find on the other side of that act Mm -hmm. and what a burden that will be to him so it seems like he is coming to terms with his actions and facing them for what they are in a way where maybe there was a bit more denial in just helping the townsfolk of mercy where he could kind of sweep that under the rug a bit more yeah
1: i mean the gunslinger certainly doesn't think it's justice at this point, does he? No. He's no. furious. So yeah. he decides he's going to do the same. He's going to walk out into the desert and blow himself up.
0: Yeah, because he's he as, his whole purpose since the war was hunting down and killing everyone involved in his creation. Mm. And that that moment of completion in his task has been robbed of him.
1: Yeah. But the doctor says there is another way, yeah. Another redemption. So, I mean, we'll come back to that in a second. Yeah. The doctor takes Amy and Rory home, and the episode ends with.
0: Can before we get there, so um, so he, he, Amy and Rory, he, he, he the doctor says, you know, all right, off to the next adventure, you know, usual sort of spiel, and Amy and Rory ask to be dropped home. Yeah. And Amy says, look, our our friends are going to start noticing that we're ageing quicker than them.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, which is something you don't think about. But if you're popping back and forth, like having adventures and then popping back home in the TARDIS, you are going to... You're living potentially days, weeks, months Mm. ahead of everyone around you. Yeah.
1: So the episode ends with the little girl that we've mentioned... And it turns out that she was the woman's voice from the start of the episode.
0: Well, actually, it's the great-grandmother we're we're witnessing. She's talking about how it's story... That's right, yes. Yeah. So this is a woman in the present day, but she's talking about the stories her great-grandmother told her. That's right, because her her
1: great-grandmother is the little girl, isn't she? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. That there's, like, a
1: guardian angel over the town of Mercy. Mercy doesn't have a sheriff and it's because the gunslinger lives just outside the town, watching yeah. over it.
0: Yeah, and I like the way it's phrased, where he says, you know, if you ask the people of mercy, they'll give you a smile and just say, we've got our own arrangement. Mm. I feel like that's some, some, some just nice, subtle phrasing, isn't it? I like that. Yeah. And, and it all just feels, again, it gives you that Western-y vibe. It's, and, and I love those final shots of... It's it's that, that young girl's feet crossing over the boundary. That's right. You know, Mercy's now... It's reconnected with the outside world. You know, the people aren't going to starve. I think it's a sweet little story. I really do. I don't... I don't see it as having any major flaws. It's got all the right genre trappings. It's got the humour. And at the heart of it, it's... As I say, you've got these tough questions and no easy answers. And it really puts pressure on the Doctor and tests his morals in a way that we haven't seen tested in quite some time.
1: I, I so, can't remember the last... It will have been the thingy, won't it? The spider people under the Thames. Was that the last time we really saw him lose his rag?
0: Yeah, depending on how you feel about uh, whether you would rank last week's episode with that as well. Mm. Um, oh
1: yeah he didn't just murder a man didn't he yeah, yeah,
0: yeah he did kind of <laughs> so I feel like whilst we're not getting much of a of a mystery kind of an arc at the moment no, there is an emotional arc happening for the doctor and for his companions as well yeah where it feels like Amy and Rory are starting to distance themselves a little bit yeah. and the doctor yeah.
1: isn't coping particularly well with that change
0: no, because, like, you know, think about it. He drops Amy and Rory off. Great. What, what does he do then? Yeah. Where does he go? Who does he meet? Does do, Is he able to make any other lasting friendships in the interim that keep him on, you know, keep him from losing his cool in the way he very nearly did mm. in this episode, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think it's... I think there is more to this story than you were giving it credit for. That's all I'll say. I think. Um, yeah. It's... But yeah. At the end of the day, if you didn't like it, then you didn't like it. I can't. I can't tell you otherwise. I, I wouldn't say I like
1: actively disliked it. I would just put it in the great grey in the middle.
0: Yeah, it's not. that is I won't. I'm not. I'm not claiming it's the best episode of Doctor Who we've ever seen. Um, but I think it's solid. Hmm. I think it it absolutely gets the job done, and the 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 genre trappings of of it being a western that feels fresh and different enough that it doesn't just feel like boring old same old doctor who to me mm. if it's it's got enough character of its own um so yeah i i, I do quite like it um but anyway that's probably enough on uh, a town called mercy yeah. what have we got next week next week we will be watching and discussing the power of 3
1: okay Is that
0: about Charmed?
1: The old TV programme, Charmed. They always talked about the power of three.
0: Did they? I I never watched Charmed. Yeah, it was okay. Three witches that were sisters. Yeah, Seemed like probably just a sort of third-rate Buffy. Yeah, it
1: definitely was. But, (laughs) you know, it sort of wore that on its sleeve.
0: I guess if a show if a show can it is aware of what it is, then you know you can't ask for much more than that, can you?
1: The big secret with uh, Chant is they talked about the power of three, but halfway uh. through one of the actresses dropped out, so they just so they just <laughs> they just made up a new sister. So there was actually four, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but only three of them at any one time. Yeah,
1: it's like *S Club 7. They two are at the moment, but there's only like four of them.
0: Right, and I think
1: that boy band Five. I think last time I saw them, there was only three of them. <laughs> so
0: that's quite awkward, is not it? You should you got to think carefully before you name name your group after the number of people in it yeah. because yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of fluctuate. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, Power of Three. Who knows what that's about? Uh, who, who, who or what the three in question is? We will find out next week. Until then.